Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're going to jump right back into part two with Kylie Myers, who is a parenting coach. And I think an interesting thing, and this is something I'm sure a lot of parents will struggle with, is the fear of what other people will think about them. But I think at the end of the day, coming Mm -hmm. to this recognition that it doesn't really matter what they think about me, but it matters what is the job I'm doing with my kids? What is the end outcome? If they then learn from this and then they're better at managing their time and doing their hair, or they're better at making sure that they have the shoes that they want to wear when they're going to church, then it ends up being a win. And if there's a momentary bit of discomfort or embarrassment, that's worth the learning of the lesson. But if you always swoop in and save your kids from their mistakes, then why would they ever stop making that mistake? Exactly. They never learn, you know, and then you're put in this situation where it's like Groundhog's Day, the movie, and you're just redoing these things over and over. And as As the time goes on, you're just getting more and more frustrated and more and more reckless. And in the meantime, you're causing so much damage to this relationship with this tiny human that you've wanted your whole life, you know, and it becomes such an issue. But I think that you hit on something really important there, Tim, that it is momentary embarrassment sometimes for parents. And I think that a lot of times we try to avoid that at all costs. And I think that in our culture and our society right now, it's very shamey. It's very shamey. It's very judgy. It's very um, filtered, you know? And I think that's something that I really pride myself on is like, I really try to be so authentic and It took me a really long time to actually come out and say, hey, I'm a parent coach because I think that it opens myself up for like a, well, I saw you at Chick-fil-A and are you sure you're a parent coach, you know, and you know, my kids are kids and I'm human and you know, you just, you put a mark on yourself. And I think in this culture that we live in right now, where everything's so filtered and everything's so fake and everything can be so edited and well put together that it's very easy for people to look a certain way online and completely different in real life. And that's something that I never want to be. I think that I can probably be authentic with fault sometimes, but I'd much rather lean into authenticity than into, you know, filters. I decided early on, like, I don't really have a problem with if I'm parenting and it upsets someone or it doesn't look like the parent next to me, I'm okay with that. Because it's for the well-being of my family and it's for what my end goal is. And so I think that something with parent coaching, one of the first things I do is kind of help parents think, hey, what do you want your family to look like? I think so often we spend so much time saying, well, I'm not going to be this parent and I'm not going to sound like this. And oh gosh, I'm not going to sound like my mother. And I won't sound like the lady across the street that yells all the time. But we don't spend a lot of time thinking and really talking about what we want to be and the parent we want to be. And so that gets lost. And if we don't know what we want to be, how will we ever get there? Absolutely. And I think it's an important thing you were talking about worrying so much about putting on this veneer that everybody looks at you and thinks you're amazing and wonderful. But what's more important is how people perceive you or what's actually going on in your home. 
Are you actually connecting with your kids? Are your kids actually relatively well-behaved and love you at home? Or do they just know how to look like that mm-hmm. on the outside? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think one of the questions that I ask some of my parents is, are you parenting for compliance or are you parenting for character? And it's such a good question to ask because it kind of makes you stop and reflect. Like in that moment, I just wanted them to be obedient. I just wanted them to listen. Or are you pausing, slowing down instead of reacting? Are you responding? And are you parenting to your kid's character? What's more important to you, compliance or character? Yeah. And Tim and I talk about that all the time, how it's not easy in the moment. You know, it's easier to yell from across the room than it is to physically get up, go over there and address the issue. So it's not easy by any means, but it is always worth it in the long run. And another thing that I want to bring up is, you know, the things that are cute at this age when they're two or three or four, when they're 15, it's no longer cute talking back or the lying or, oh, she said this, you know, there's a lot of videos out there that kind of um, make light of that. And that's okay. I think to, mm-hmm. you know, it is cute in the moment, but just to address, like, if this becomes a pattern, this could be a real problem in your life to do the hard work right now is so important because it will pay off in the end. Yeah, totally. I read this book by Corey Robertson, who I absolutely love. Gosh, I wish if I could have coffee at her kitchen counter once a week, I would just love it. She wrote this book called Strong and Kind, and it's all about how she parented because she wanted strong and kind kids. And she gave an example in that book about how when one of her kids, I don't remember who was like two and a half years old, the grandparent was trying to get them out of the car seat. And the two and a half year old was just wasn't having it, wanted mom and kicked the grandparent. They didn't just fluff it off like, oh, they're just having a bad day. They're upset. They missed their nap. You know, how many times have we heard that? And instead it was like, absolutely not. Because a kid who disrespects their grandparent at two and a half will do it at eight and will do it at 15. Patterns start at a really young age. They can start at any age, you know? And so I just love that because it's so true. Like you really do have to slow down and parent the moments and it can feel exhausting and it is really hard to find encouragement without blasting your kids on social media or you know maybe you're trying to shift things in how you're parenting your kids so you don't have a safe place or a soft landing of like a mom or a grandma or even a sister or brother that you can go to that's going to encourage you and affirm you and be like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And I think that that's so crucial. So that's something that I love to do for moms is just be able to come alongside them and be like, Hey, I know that was really hard. Like you did a really hard thing today, but it's so worth it. And it's going to get better. It's going to get easier, you know, or I mean, even single moms, like I have a single mom that I'm coaching right now. And man, she's carrying the weight of the world. She doesn't have a backup partner like I have in my husband or another mom I'm coaching. The mom wants to parent one way and the dad doesn't see the value in that, you know? So she's doing it on her own as well. It's, it's hard. It's hard to do it alone and it's hard to do it in a judgment filled world. And so just to be a safe place, a soft landing where you can process verbally, this is a situation that happened. 
what do I do? Or this is what I did is just, I think, so helpful. Yeah. And actually, we read that book, Strong and Kind, because you recommended it. And it was such a good oh, read. Oh, cool. But part of that, in the very beginning, they talk about like, what are, you know, the two or three characteristics that you want to build in your child. And so I think that speaks to what you just said before that about not figuring out what you don't want, but figuring out what you do want. So mm-hmm. I know. That's yeah. funny. We just like right before this, we just recorded that exact podcast about figuring out what you want, not what you don't want. So I was like, perfect. Oh, how funny. Yeah, that's awesome. So you brought up another interesting problem. How do you work with parents when only one person is on board and the other parent is not interested? Well, more times than not, the parent that's reaching out for help, that's looking for coaching, is the parent who's doing the majority of the parenting. That's just kind of what it is. They already carry, I guess, the bulk of the parenting influence in their home. And so it really is just coming alongside them and supporting them. And then hopefully as the culture shifts in the home and the kids behavior really is where you'll see change and relationship will start to grow. And you're cultivating this environment where relationships and connection are growing that other parent will see the difference. That's the goal. So what are some of the things that you do to try to connect with your kiddos? Sure. So um, really learning like what my kids love languages was really important. And so you can take the love language quiz for kids online for free, just Google it. And that was really helpful for me. Three of my four kids is quality time, which gets a little dicey because, you know, there's two of us parents in the house and there's four of them. Um, But just really being intentional and figuring out what that looks like for each kid. So one of my kids loves music. It's being like, hey, you pop in the front seat, you be in charge of the music and letting them choose what we're listening to and then talk to them like, hey, what do you love about that song? Or, hey, that is a good song. Or another one of my kids loves to be in the kitchen. And so when I'm doing daily things that I'm doing every day anyways, it's pulling them in and turning that into a quality time moment and just really capitalizing on, I only have this many hours in the day. How can I use them best? One of them, I made up this thing and they're my sous chef. And so they come in and they help me prepare the meals and we get to, you know, it's shoulder to shoulder time with this kid, which is what they love. And it fills their love tank, which then positions them for connection with me. Yeah. If you guys ever want creative ideas, you need to follow Kylie on Instagram because she has the best ideas. She's so fun. (laughs) So she's been going through this state study with her kids and it's just been so cool to watch all the different things that she does with them. She bakes something from each of the areas. So Kylie, going along with this idea of connection, you also homeschool your kids. And if you could tell me a little bit about what role that plays into it, but then also I'm sure that adds an extra layer of difficulty where you're not able to just drop your kids off for six hours during the day and they're there with you all day long. Yeah, totally. So I always say that we're accidental homeschoolers. It was never our plan. My husband and I both survived public school just fine. As our kids got to be school age, it was just kind of something that we stumbled into and then after that first year, we realized, wow, this is amazing. And it's been so great having all the hours of the day with our kids because we're really able to influence them instead of them going to school all day 
and then you work, you know, traffic or sports into the mix, dinner time, bath time, homework time. And really that leaves you with about two, two and a half hours of time with your kids to be intentional. So then being with us all day or being with me all day as my husband works has been so helpful in helping mold their character, which is the goal in our home as we parent them is to parent their character. So homeschooling has definitely been super helpful. And obviously not everybody out there can homeschool. So we just have to get a little bit more creative with the time that you do have with your kids. Very good. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about premeditated parenting. That sounds a little creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's less creepy than it sounds like. So premeditated parenting isn't as creepy as it sounds, but how it was rolled out to me is kind of like premeditated murder. When someone's been convicted of premeditated murder, that means that a jury was able to see that they had a reason that they spent time, that there was deliberate action, that it was a willful act. And whoever committed the murder, it was clear that they had a plan and a backup plan and they did what they did. When it comes to parenting, premeditated parenting is a super helpful tool for most people. So what that means is before your day begins or before your day with kids begins, sitting down and thinking through what the events of the day are and what are some of the traps you might fall into. Where are some of the spots where your kids might be tired or they might act out, or maybe, you know, you have to go to target and you know, as soon as you walk in the door to target, your kids are going to ask for popcorn and they're going to want stuff from the dollar section. And that's not something that you're willing to do. So premeditated parenting would look like thinking through what you are going to go and do and how you are going to do it successfully, how you are going to do it without breaking connection with your kids. And oftentimes when we have a plan, we are able to work the plan. When we walk into a situation and we don't have a plan, that's when we get ourselves in a pickle and we find ourselves yelling and breaking connection or using empty threats, or some of those old tools that we don't really want to be parenting with, like intimidation, or fear, or physical punishment. Mm, Very nice. No, that makes total sense. So one of the benefits of having a parent coach is being able to acquire all these tools that are helpful, and are useful, and are practical. And you have someone that comes alongside you and shows you how to use them, And when you know how to use your tools, then you can be a joy-filled parent because you're not frustrated and you're not acting in anger. And when you put your kids in bed at night, you don't sit down under the weight of all the shame and mom guilt. One of the common misconceptions when it comes to parent coaching is you just think that it's going to fix all your kids, but really parent coaching is exactly that. It's coaching the parent. It's shifting you as a parent. It's changing you and how you're choosing to parent. So more often than not, our kids are not the problem. It's us as the parents, how we're parenting. And so it's just coming alongside someone and helping them realize that and figure out where they want to be better and then giving them tools on how they can do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can be a tough pill for some parents to swallow where they find out that maybe it's some of the things they've been doing that have been causing some of the behaviors in their children. But I agree with you. I totally see that in my practice where I see that a lot of times it really is how the parents are engaging the kids that's really kind of causing the problems. Next question I have for you is, what books or resources would you recommend to parents? Sure. So like I mentioned earlier, Strong and Kind by Corey Robertson is a great book. And in the back of the book, it actually has a list of, I believe, like 30 qualities that her and her husband came up with that they wanted to parent to. And it challenges you to make your own list, which goes back to thinking more about how you want to parent instead of how you don't want to parent. Um, another resource that I think is great is the Kylo podcast. It's called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. He's the host. And the book, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk is phenomenal. It's a super easy read, but it actually took me probably three months to get through because the ideas in there were so profound and so different from what I knew and my mindset was that it really took me time to go through, read these concepts, figure out, yes, they make sense. And then how I was going to implement them in my life and really shift and change me and how I was parenting. So I would definitely recommend that. All right. Thank you so much. Now, if people listen to this podcast and they just fell in love listening to you talk about parenting and they wanted to hire you as a coach, what is your coach offering and how would they get into contact with you? So they can re reach out to me on Instagram. That's kind of the best way to get a hold of me on the social medias. My Instagram handle is just at Kylie Ray, K A I L E R A E. And you can just follow me, shoot me a DM and let me know. Um, I do a 30 minute consultation for free just to see if we're a good match. And then after that, I have coaching sessions available for 30 minute time periods or hour long time periods at, I guess, as needed. Well, perfect. Thank you so much, Kylie, for being on our show. We absolutely adore you and you have so much to offer. And so I'm sure this won't be the last time that we ask you on here. No, absolutely not. If you're again, looking for Kylie, please just reach out for her on her Instagram. We look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Bye Kylie. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.